You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. It would be nice to have a bone throw. It would be nice to have a bone throw. It would be nice to have a bone throw. It would be nice to have a bone throw. It would be nice to have a bone throw. It would be nice to have a bone throw. It would be nice to have a bone throw. It would be nice to have a bone throw. From your mouth. Happy hours on the air. That out on the Chiefs. Yeah. Wow. He... We don't need another Chiefs Super Bowl. Well, That's happened one, so Nick. many times. Why I'm can't... sick of dynasties. Well, Nick says Why can't Alan we Bell's be sad wrong. for the Lions? I am sad for the Lions. This is now also you brought part up the Chiefs first. Yeah. Well, Josh brought it up first. But yes, also sad for the Lions. Chance, if you're here, I'm sorry. As I say in my little uh, graphic today, don't text your Lions friends. Or maybe you should and make sure no. they're okay. I saw, have you seen this? Have you heard about no, this? You what? have. Last oh. night, the game is ending. Yeah. And what does Nick do? Yeah. He tweets at chance for all the timeline to see because he says, hey, at, and then he tags chance and asks, are you okay? Nick, we appreciate you investing in sports. It's great. You don't do that. Okay, that is the know. meanest thing. You you know what I have not done to my lion, one of my best friends in the whole wide world. I've known him for 15 years. You know what I haven't done? Asked him how he's doing. When he texts me, then we will have a conversation once again. Right. Two weeks ago when the Ewoks were celebrating the death of the Dallas Cowboys, did I... At Josh on Twitter? No, I waited until I, the show yeah, the next day. Yeah, he made fun it. of me to my face like a kind American. See, and that's not, I'm sorry, Chance. That's not what I was trying to do. I wasn't trying to be mean. I was genuinely concerned. I wanted to yeah, be Yeah, but okay. you made it public for the whole world to see. The whole world to see, Nick. The whole world. The whole world. Well, the whole world knows he's a lion. I saw that and I, I was like, was oh, no, don't do that. Don't do that to anybody. Well, now I know. I'm yeah. sorry, Chad. For the record, my super was not about you, Nick, but I did remember as I was talking about mm. this that you did that to me yesterday. I thought I was being kind. Corey, I'm thinking about you, but I'm not going to ask how you're doing because I know the answer is bad. Unfortunately, and the chance. Lions and Lions fans, you're going through a sports rite of passage. Mm, the brutal and, loss. And, and I know, I know you have suffered a long time. But this is a different kind of suffering. But this is different. Yeah, now don't Lions fans for years when you would ask John, like, who has it worst? And who do people always bring up? Bills, Vikings, Browns, yeah, yeah. in some order. Yeah. And Lions fans would always be saying, hey, what about us? Yeah. Remember what our old boss, hello. <laughs> so they'd be, hello, what yeah. about us? Well, now they can answer the question better than any fan base possible. Would you rather have the 30 years or the good season that ends like this? This sounds pretty terrible. Well, they got better to have loved than to have never loved at all. They say. And they Sadly, loved. the rite of passage is to have to go through that. Not just losing, but how it happened. You're up 17 points. You're in control. 
And I, and I even tweeted it in the moment. The ball that bounces off the face mask and Brandon Ayuk makes the diving catch. That was the Bartman moment. Mm. And yeah, you could probably string together the fourth down decisions and all that other stuff. But there's always that moment. That fluky, things are going our way and then all of a sudden they don't go our way. And that was a classic example. And of course, of all the people to throw the pass... It was a bad pass. We're allowed to say that about Brock Purdy. It was a bad pass. Probably should have been intercepted. Bounces off Instead, the face it bounces mask. off the face mask. And Brandon who dives and catches the ball. I mean, literally in that moment, it was like, see you later. The 49ers are going to win the NFC Championship game. I had no doubt in that moment that they were going to win oh, the Oh, as NFC soon as that happened, I'm like, this is the Bartman moment. This mm-hmm. is the Buckner moment. This is Ernest Biner fumbling the ball, running into the end zone. Browns fans, you'll remember. <laughs> the older ones. Wow. But unfortunately, both fortunate and unfortunate. It's fortunate that you never had to go through a, an agony like that. It's unfortunate because your team was never, never put themselves in a position to hurt like that. Yeah. So now the Lions fans, you have you have that moment. I hope it doesn't happen to you again, unless it happens at the ex- at the positive expense of my Rams, then I'm Wow. But for anybody else. But you, you know, you've gone through a sports rite of passage. You know what else I appreciated um about that performance or or just I guess the the post game was what Dan Campbell said after the game. Yes, and, um, and and real quick, this is not in relation to going forward on fourth down, right? But I liked um, where he said this was a tweet from Justin Rogers of the Detroit News. Dan Campbell said he was honest with the locker room. This might have been their only shot. Would you like to hear it? I would love to hear it. Here's Dan Campbell in front of the press yesterday. This may have been always. Do I think that? No. Do I believe that? No. However, I I know how hard it is to get here. I'm well aware, and it'll be, it's going to be twice as hard to get back to this point next year than it was this year. That's that's the reality. And if we don't have the same hunger and the same work, which is a whole other thing, once we get the offseason, um, then we got no shot of getting back here. I don't care how much better we get or what we add or what we drive. It's irrelevant. Um, it's going to be tough. Everybody in our division is going to be loaded back up, and uh you know, you're not hiding from anybody anymore. Everybody's going to want a piece of you, and uh, which is fine, you know, which is fine. But um, so it's hard. You want to make the most of every opportunity, and we, we had an opportunity, and we just couldn't close it out. It's, uh, it does. It stings. It stings. I think he – I mean, he's spot on for all the obvious reasons. First of all, he says it's going to be harder. It is. They're going to be at – the, at the very least, they will be a – Top of the division um, regular season schedule. So their matchups now will be number one teams in the divisions that they are are matched up with. So you start there. He's also right that they will not sneak up on anybody. There was the, oh, the Lions are so fun. They are now a team where expectations will be put upon them to make a deep run again. And they're going to do so in a division with the Packers being this other team that's on the come right now. Um, The Bears probably with a new quarterback, and who knows what the Vikings are going to be. So you have that. Mm -hmm. Then, of course, the other part is the roster will not be the same. Like, how much easier would it be for these football teams that feel like they were one game away to say, let's do this all over again? How much of the roster is going to change over? A lot. 
You know, that's how the NFL works. You don't just get to say, let's do this one more time. No. Let's try to do this one more time together. There will be a lot of the same pieces, but will their offensive coordinator be there? Probably not. He probably will be a head coach somewhere. So um, he's spot on, you know. Well, but this is the next level in the progression. Correct. Correct. Win or lose, this is the next level in the progression. And the great ones and the great franchises figure it out. Yep. Not to toot my own horn, but to toot. Rams have been able to do it, going through umpteen bazillion coordinators and changing out a roster. And that's the next challenge for Dan Campbell and company is to be able to keep the momentum while knowing that you're not going to be able to run it back 100%. It's going to be different. I. This is another reason why this dude is something else. Not many coaches would talk that way after a game. Correct. But he's being real, as he was real with his team from the very beginning. Yeah, I saw a tweet last night from Robert Mays in relation to that quote, where he said, I remember Philip Rivers telling me about Norv Turner's speech after the AFC Championship game loss to the Patriots in January of 2008. Said they were such a good team that they'd definitely be back. Rivers was 26. Their defensive stars were young. It never happened. That team never got back to the AFC Championship game. And that was the team in that moment. It's like, wow, they made it and played the undefeated Patriots. And they, they gave him a good game. Of course they'll be back. Never happened. I mean, I, I, you know, the team that I always love bringing up is the Thunder. When they make the NBA Finals ahead of schedule mm-hmm. with Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook, and it's like, oh my gosh, this team is going to take over the league. You know what they never did again? Make the NBA Finals. Correct. They never made it back. Now, there are some stories where this is part of the natural progression and you got to lose a couple before you win. The Chiefs had to lose a couple. Before they started on their run. Stop disrespecting them by talking about the times they lost, John. Well, they did. But it's not locked in and guaranteed for everybody. In fact, it happens far less than it happens. Right? Mm -hmm. A lot of times the team that has the look. Remember, the Bengals were supposed to be that team. Mm -hmm. Now, they, they still might round back into form next year when Burroughs back to health, but it's never a guarantee. Bills have been the sexy pick for three seasons, and they haven't even made it back to the AFC Championship No, they haven't. In that time frame. They made it in in, in this stretch, what I would say is the worst of their their teams. I think the 2020 team was worse than 21 and 22 and 23. The worst of times. And yet they made it the furthest that they have. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, you know, I'm a big fan of Dan Campbell. I appreciate a lot of what he represents. You know, being able to marry the, the, the old school jock kind of in your face biting kneecaps of it all with a as i imagine where it's time to say the a word the a word with a with a modern approach in 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 this case for some a bit too modern where they say whoa 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 i do not like how you are approaching this football game you got to take the points you got to act this way you got to do it a different way than the way that it got them there well here was dan campbell on the two fourth downs that they decided to go for and both failed when points could have been available to them why why not take a, a field goal there and maybe stem the bleeding a little bit yeah i just felt really good about us converting and uh getting our momentum and and not letting them play long ball um you know they were bleeding the clock out that's what they do um and i wanted to get the upper hand back um you know and it's easy hindsight and i get it you know um, I get that, but 
I don't regret those decisions. And that's hard. You know, it's hard because, you know, they didn't, we didn't come through. It wasn't able to, to work out. But I just, I don't. I don't. And I understand the scrutiny I'll get. That's part of the gig, man. Um, but, you know, we just, just didn't work out. Here's the numbers on Detroit this year. Before last night, when the so Lions this is coming into the game, when the Lions went for it on fourth and three or less, when they were in opponent territory or plus territory, okay, they did it twenty times out of twenty-four opportunities. So they had twenty-four opportunities through the course of the season to go for it in plus territory on fourth and three. They went for it on fourth down twenty times. Real quick, the math on that is they went for it eighty-three percent of the time. Do you know how many of those 20 times they went for it, they converted? I believe I saw that it was 16, right? 17. 17. So, and they were 2-2 two and two in the playoffs. So they went for it. They went for it 20 times. And they converted 17. So, so, I mean, if, you, so if you just merely look at the 24 opportunities. It's 75%. They had 17 conversions. Wow. Which is a pretty good number. That's an incredibly high percentage. So literally, what their season math said was this is the right decision for us because we had converted 17 out of 20. 17 out of 20. And 2-2 two and two in the postseason. And the first one, you know, the, the hardest part about that for me, and honestly, I've gone back and forth on this a lot the last day, but the hardest part about the first one is that it should have worked. It should Josh have Reynolds dropped the ball. It you know it, it it wasn't a great throw, but it was a very catchable ball. It was a catchable ball, and and you know the the example I always think of, um, and good God, can you imagine the Bill Callahan Terrence Nunn play in, in an era of Twitter? But I always think of that fourth down call, Nebraska's own territory against Texas in 06. The play worked; it got a first down, but a incredible tackle by Texas resulted in a fumble. They got it to get, go down and they kicked the field goal, and I in the moment was like. It's a it's the right call. I love the, the call. The play worked. I love the call. And while this one isn't that right, there wasn't a catch and then a fumble. There was an opportunity for a catch and thus an opportunity for a first down. Yeah. And that's the hardest part about the first one. Um, you know, it's funny. Last night, the second fourth down was actually the one that I was more critical of. And a day later, I am less critical of it because. I appreciate him, and I just have to imagine he thought, a field goal is good, it ties it, but he saw what the Niners' offense was doing throughout the fourth quarter, or throughout the second half. I think it was field goal, touchdown, field goal, or no, field goal, touchdown, field goal, touchdown, touchdown, field goal. That was what the 49ers did in the second half on offense. I think it was just, it was less a, you know, giving myself a chance to win. It's more, we just got to take, we have to have a lead. We have to, we have to go up on them. We cannot tie them. We have to have a lead and we have to work some more of this clock. Correct. And that was, that I, I didn't have a problem with either. Yeah. Mainly because they were being true to themselves. It would be one thing if they went outside of their comfort zone and did things that they hadn't already been doing. But this is who they are. This is part of what made them the Detroit Lions 2023. It was a place where they were comfortable. They were comfortable being uncomfortable. They really were, yeah. 17 out of 20. That's a great percentage.
points. And people like to say, well, you take the points. Still a 48-yard field goal. And Badgley was okay this year. But he's also an indoor kicker. He's not as much an outdoor kicker. So it's not a gimme that those points are going to happen. It's probably a better... It might be a better percentage, but 17 out of 20, which is what they have been this year, and at that point in the game, and I'm talking about the first option to go for it on fourth down, the first option, the Lions hadn't been stopped yet. They really hadn't been stopped. This was before the wheels. This was before the collapse. This is really what kind of started the collapse. But I wouldn't have... I wouldn't have disagreed with the decision to kick. But I don't disagree with the decision to go for it. Because that's who they are. And it was working for them. And they were working. And it got them to this point. It's funny, if you if you list out a number of plays that you would say that's the reason that they lost. And if you want to include a decision in there, not just the play itself. Sure. I mean, I I still think the biggest part of the collapse or the most important part was the fumble. That was the worst. Oh, the fumble, absolutely. Because by that point, first of all, momentum has totally gone on the side of the 49ers, and they get the ball back, and given that this is still going into that drive, they had still moved the ball up and down the field, up and down the field, and their first play, they fumble. So not only are the Niners in plus territory, they're essentially in the red zone. And that was that was one of those things where... I mean that was a that that wasn't so much a fumble forced by San Francisco. Yeah, it was a it was, it was a Lions mistake. It was a mistake. Yeah. It was it was being on the wrong side of the handoff. Yeah. I mean like And the whole thing got thrown out of whack and then you started seeing drop passes. And, and suddenly you could just, it, yeah. and you could just feel it getting tighter and yeah. tighter and tighter. And I know George Kittle said something about momentum last night I want to get to. And I know analytics doesn't like to look at momentum, but this is this is where I branch off from analytics. See, I'm still not one of those go for two when you're down two scores thing because it doesn't take into account the emotion and the human factor. The vibes. You can call it the vibes if you want. But the vibes, especially after that fumble, because all of a sudden you saw the Lions go... And the 49ers were just like, feed me, feed me, feed me. And that's when Brock Purdy started to make plays with his legs. And that's when everything started to work for San Francisco. Our good buddy from Michael Severe is on Oh, the line. Michael! He likes to talk about these things. <laughs> I, I just, uh, pretty much what John said, I just, I started, I called as John was saying the stuff. But I, 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 it frustrates me sometimes when we always talk about the outcome. And in sports, we got to talk about all the game planning that goes in all week long. So I guarantee you, you know, years of covering the NFL, they talked about this Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yep. If we're in this situation when we are up, we're in the situation when we are down, here's what we're going to do. And then they plan for it. And then they diagram five or six plays for each of those situations, whether it's a two-point conversion play they're going for, or if it is a fourth and three or a third, whatever. They're diagramming all of that. So you plan all week, and you tell your team, and I, I'm going to reference the Saints with this. You tell your team all week long, for two weeks in the Saints case, we're going to kick an onside kick to start the second half or to start the game, depending on when we kick off, and you prep for it. 
and you get to that point, and you've told your team, we're going to do this, and then you do what? You, you chicken out or whatever else? No, you do it. You prep for it. And they prep for it. It's the perfect play call. Your quarterback gets thrown off balance a little bit, throws a little behind him. It should have been caught. But we got to talk about not the outcome. You got to talk about the preparation. Yep. You got to talk about the effort for doing it. The outcome's not going to always work. Nothing's 100%. But they did what they do. And I admire him for going. Now, the second time, I probably would have kicked for the tie because, again, I'm 54 years old. And I'm, <laughs> I'm like, tie the game, please. But for the most part, maybe he had the Lions plus seven and a half. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, actually, no. You know, it's funny because I, I love this. I love the over this week in that game. Yeah. I, I thought it'd be opposite, actually. I thought the Niners would come out fast, get a lead, and then Detroit would fight all the way back. Right. And we'd have a similar game. So I, I really liked the over in that game. I didn't have any feel on the on the, on on the, the, the number kept moving around. I had no number on that, no feel on that. But I just love the fact that that's what he does. And his team knows. What he, and I guarantee you they support 100% because he preps them for it. Because he tells yeah. them all week, we're going to do this. We're going to prepare for it. And when that play comes along, we're going to make it and we're going to win. And sometimes think about what would have happened to Sean Payton if they don't if they don't get that after overtime on like in the Super Bowl. He gets because the result is the result is negative correct yeah if the result was negative but it's 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 preparing for and he told them all they were going to do it and they did it and i wish hell again i wasn't cheering against anybody but i'd love to see detroit just for the story two weeks of talking about that is much better than talking about a game that happened four years ago in the super bowl true you know no i agree I agree. And the preparation, that's a huge part of it. Yeah. Because you can, I mean, you can, you, you win over locker rooms. Remember remember the, the clip I played last week from Hard Knocks where Campbell, this was in the first oh, yeah. year of the Lions, and he's like, guys, tr- you got to trust me. You got to trust yeah. me. I am looking out for you. I am doing this right. for you. That's what those fourth down calls were. Those fourth down calls were, trust me, because I trust you. And, 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 and that was all season. Of what the Lions are. They were true to themselves in those moments. I can't fault them. I just can't. Yeah, you know, and you know, I'm not, not saying he's a father figure to all these guys, but for some of me, sure. you think about your parents, right? As parents, we have to be consistent on what we tell our kids. We're going to, this is what, if you do this, this is going to happen. If you do this, this is what's going to happen. And if we change it up, now you're screwing a kid up and they're trying to figure out, well, I don't know what to do now. You can't be that way. Whether they are four years old or they're 40. For humans, you got to be consistent, and he's been consistent the whole time. I admire him. What he did is incredible. The fact that they got here, and trust me, if he'd have been wishy-washy during the season, they would have never gotten to this point. But they got to this point because he was consistent. I agree, Michael. Great stuff. Thank you, Michael. Michael, right, for joining Thanks. us. I mean, it's funny too because you know who is a coach that was really aggressive sometimes to a fault a few years ago it was Brandon Staley. You know what happened with Brandon Staley? I think the noise of everything. I think it got to him, and he he changed who he was. Yeah. And it's like you can't preach one thing. And then not and then not follow through on on what you're preaching. Yeah, you know, I I have always said I love aggressiveness. Um, and one of the the frustrating parts about this discussion for me is always, and thankfully we're not having it today, is if it works, everyone's like ballsy, what a move. But they never say, but what if it failed? It's always results oriented, and that's what is annoying as hell about a lot of this stuff is that it's just results oriented. You know, instead of process oriented, and that's of course what it is for him. And and how, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, th- they don't like this because it's it's they think it's math telling them to do something, and they like a coach that trusts their gut. And I'm always like, what makes you think that 
this isn't just Dan Campbell believing his team is going to do it. It doesn't just have to be, well, the book says to do it. You know, there's that famous Eagles coach from back in like the 90s who did something wrong after they scored a touchdown because his sheet or book was smudged or something. And it's like that those coaches, I don't really think those guys exist as much as people want them to exist still. Why can't it just be Campbell says, I trust my team. I believe that they're going to do it. It's not that the math says it. It's that the math says it. And I think that they're going to execute it at a high level. Well, the math, the math leads you to what your gut tells you. Dan Campbell, when he realized what he had, I mean, listen, if he had a team that wasn't consistent enough or capable enough to gain three or four yards when it's necessary, then he's not going to go for it as often. So it became something where his philosophy was, I want to go for it because the math says it's good. And then, as Michael said, he prepared the team in those moments. Then when those moments came about, they proved that they were successful in those moments And thus, it no longer is about a math question. It's about who we are. And so your gut says, I've seen my guys execute. And I've been watching them this entire game execute. I'm going to put the trust in them that they're going to execute again. Yeah, why can't I believe that they're going to do it one more time? The math, the math may may have started you there. I mean, a lot of people look at the math. How... How how Creighton plays defense is is based largely on analytics. It's based on this guy is not somebody that we want shooting from certain spots on the floor. So we want him taking the shots we want them to take. And it's all based on numbers and percentages and analytics. And yeah, once in a while you'll get that dude who's made two threes all season that pops two threes on you. But... The you're, reason you're why the averages the the reason why it's worked for them, and why they you know they they play a different style of defense than just you know try to muck it up and get physical and all this other stuff. They're playing the analytics. They're playing the numbers. It's why you know. But so, it's how they but it's how they practice and how they prepare and then how they execute through the course of the season, and pretty soon it becomes a part and parcel of who you are. And it's no longer about the numbers. Because you've worked your plan and you've worked it successfully. Again, if this Lions team hadn't been successful on fourth and short this season, they wouldn't have gone for it on fourth and short in those spots. But they were because that was their plan. They prepared for it. Then they went out over the course of 17 games plus two playoff games and executed it. So why wouldn't you do that? In game number 20. Yeah. It's, you know, bringing up basketball, I always think of Steph Curry. You know, he there was this game that he had against the Rockets, won playoffs, horrible in the first half. What did he do? He kept shooting. What are you, you going to do in that moment? Stop? Stop doing what got you here? No. Right. It's like, keep shooting. They're gonna, the, the averages say that it's eventually going to start falling. Sure enough, they did. Well, coming up next, uh, an update on the Providence documentary that had people buzzing and had one person comparing Ed Cooley to Mr. H. Designated Hitler. But now, a college basketball analyst 
has allegedly threatened mm. the maker of the documentary. It's a weird story, and it's getting weirder. Sounds strange. On 1620 The Zone. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.